What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. I think the interesting thing about print, and I think that where we've gotten to, I figured we'd just mic up for this conversation. Might as well. Yeah. Get in a groove. Get in a groove. Uh, I think that print is going to make a comeback, and I think that it's going to make a comeback for the purpose that social media and Mm -hmm. how advertisement has been done for the last better part of five years. And in the the boom and takeoff of it, which Mm -hmm. I'd say it boomed two, two, three years ago. Depending on the industry. For for us specifically. Yeah, for hunting. Yeah, for hunting. Definitely. Um, To... I think a lot of people are sick of the bullshit. Oh, yeah. And they kind of want to get back to a more organic, probably print-based mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. where they can go to a reliable source, be Eastman's, be Peterson's, you know, be it whatever, mm-hmm. you know, field ethos, doesn't matter. Right. But then they're actually getting legitimate oh, yeah. fact-based Some information. information. Yeah, I exactly. Think, I think that's... A really a good point. I, I remember when um when I was working at Drake Waterfowl, that was gosh eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right when social media was starting to really leapfrog over the print side of things. Um, and you're seeing these massive gain in followerships with these individuals, and it's like, well, how much of that gain in followership too was people buying back then? Who knows? Because yeah. you know it was. It was the wild, wild west. It was a new frontier for everybody. Yeah. And so it was, it was hard to know. But you have these people that's like, hold on a second. Has this person ever actually been successful in the field? Like, how are they credible? Just because they have a lot of followers, these brands are just blindly like, oh my gosh, like they have contact with this many people. They must, they must be doing something. They must right. be doing we something right. But, but from an education standpoint that reflects back on you, it's like, holy crap. It's <laughs> interesting. Like if we were to do a business case study right now and go back over the last six, seven years and mm-hmm. like really analyze that specific to our industry alone, but every industry would be interesting. Um, I think I, I said like by the time I was leaving Drake and going to Sitka, I was like, you know what? This pendulum is going to swing back because this is some bullshit that yeah. we're starting to see right now. Like, oh yeah. These people are not authentic. They're, they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, Yet brands are, you know, putting them at the the front lines for them and saying that this is our person that authenticates us. And it was crock of crap. Like, I don't know, super interesting time and the learnings that come from it that, that I think can help you set up success as a business future state. Um, if you're paying attention, it can be, you know, pretty beneficial to what you're trying to accomplish as a company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll be excited to see print make a comeback. Yeah, no, I think so. I think it, it'll look and feel different. I think if you're familiar with omni-channel marketing, um, everything's got to be synced up. It, back in the day, it used to be super easy. Like, I remember, I mean, good grief, like, think back when we were kids. Mm-hmm. You had magazines 
and you had TV shows. And Cabela's catalog. And the Cabela's catalog. <laughs> and you'd flip through, and you'd like dog ear all circle, your pages and circle, circle every, and be like, oh, man. That was my Christmas wish absolutely, list. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> of course. And But, you know, that was it. It was like the easiest things a marketer could have to deal with. You had only had a handful of things. Like, I remember hearing some of the old school guys that are like, man, we go to ATA and do all our business in one week. Mm-hmm. Like everything was planned. Like we had spent our entire marketing budget at ATA sign these hunting celebrities meet with all the different publications done the end. And now it's like, well, you have so many digital components and mm-hmm. campaigns that overlay and they all have to sync together through email, through website, through on and on and on, including print. Yeah. Having that campaign built out for a year, it's, it's a massive lift, but print is absolutely still a viable component of that. Yeah. Well, I was, I was talking with someone from, uh, one of the publishing companies and they were talking about how XYZ major social media um, entity was doing an advertisement campaign for XYZ company Mm -hmm. and the sales that were produced off of the social media construct that they had built Mm -hmm. out and everything like that compared to when that same company came over and started paying their publishing mm-hmm. and doing media advertising, or uh, not media, um, print advertising, and what the offset was in comparison to hmm. these people charged us hundreds of thousands of dollars for social media gain and email gain, which resulted in sales of 17 units. Mm-hmm. And we went to print <laughs> mm-hmm. and this print publication ended up getting us, you know, I think it was like five or 6,000 units sold. Right. You know, and, and that, and hearing that and hearing that that happened, you know, in the last year was huge. Absolutely. In the broadening of my horizons on sure what is actually legitimate and holds depth and weight to the individual now compared to three years ago. Definitely. I think from, from a consumer product marketplace, as we look at where ad dollars can be spent and measuring that ROAS and deciding where to place bets, et cetera, the equation is so much more robust than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And if you're not really paying attention and it's qualitative and quantitative data that you have to take into account that feed each other to make mm-hmm. sure that you're placing those bets in the right spots mm-hmm. and then measuring that data as it comes back. But like, you can't ignore that stuff. Yeah. You can't not be paying attention to it either. Yeah. I mean, it. I, I watch it from mm-hmm. where I'm at and growing my business and seeing what pays and what doesn't pay as far as like, quote, advertisement. Mm-hmm. And it's been a really interesting <laughs> process to watch. Sure. And I won't get into details about <laughs> it because I don't want to offend anyone. Sure. Um, sure. But it's been really interesting to watch like what moves the needle and what doesn't move mm-hmm. the needle. And there's been things, you know, bets that I've hedged where I thought that mm-hmm. there'd be benefit to it. And right. there was literally zero For benefit sure. to it. For sure. And then places where I never expected and watched the needle move miles. Right. You exactly. Know. Exactly. It's wild. It's uh it's fun times right now. It is. It's an interesting predicament. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. This is the stuff I like to nerd out on. and Me too. It's always intriguing. Yeah. There's and, not and many people always... to nerd out on it with for me. Yeah. For me. No, yeah, no, yeah. totally. Um, but th- these things are always changing too. And so it's, it's like, man, like what may be true today by the same time next year, you know, what 
technology advancement or what other industry that has nothing to do with ours has changed the way things are innovated and have changed consumer habits, et cetera. And now all of a sudden, oh, that worked a year ago, but that's now all these other random variables have come in that we didn't anticipate. Now Algorithm gotta, change gotta, gotta or whatever. Whatever yeah. it may be, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting. Nobody was thinking about reels and TikTok two years ago and how that would, <laughs> did I remember sitting, I won't name names, but I remember sitting in some pretty significant companies over the last couple of years. And I was like, guys, I'm telling you, like, whether you like it or not, I, I realize it looks like a bunch of teenagers on the social media platform, but it is still got to be done. It's coming. Like go ahead and stake your claim early. Yeah. And sure enough, what do we start seeing? Feature changes within Instagram and YouTube to reflect competition with TikTok. Yeah. And so it's just, it's, it's that kind of stuff. You, you can't predict it, but you got to be on your toes and ready to, mm -hmm. to adjust and move. I'm interested to see how true social ends up going over when they get it all sorted out for sure. Complete the rollout. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. I need to do a deep dive into it, but mm -hmm. I think, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. A little bit. I do know. Yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting. Yeah. I'll be excited. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. But something about print that I love too, is like when you open a magazine mm -hmm. and it's, you know, a two page, spread of a hunting story and you know the tale of the adventure of the hunt right you know up to completion that's always so riveting yeah you know instead yeah. of a two paragraph instagram post yeah definitely. which like that's still like celebrated and and great but seeing it in the magazine is so much more right. powerful i agree i feel like Social media is the the quick taste. It's mm -hmm. like going through Costco and getting a sample. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it is totally but, going but through it, Costco. It, it, social media is going through Costco and grabbing a sample. Yeah, um, and then you decide, you know what? I, I think I want some more of that. I'm gonna try that. I'm out. I'm gonna try that out. And yeah. so, like, I think as a marketer, when you can start, you know, adjusting your brain to kind of look at it that way, like use social media as the those quick, hard hitting, like taste yeah um bring them deeper into your company's universe your marketing universe for what you're trying to accomplish um and then get them you know the full-on meal mm -hmm. um let them dine out and sometimes that that can look a different it like it can be that can be in print that can be um through you know a little bit longer format film whatever it is but um combination of both mm -hmm. depends on how you architect it i guess but and you've been involved in a lot of different brands throughout the years yeah yeah, which has been a ton of fun. <laughs> how how interesting has it been for you to watch the changing landscape of, you know, from dominantly print to social media and, you know, maybe back into print. Who knows where it will go next, but... Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's been super, super interesting. So when I started my career right out of college, I actually wasn't even in the hunting, hunting industry mm -hmm. um, full-time. Um, I worked as a part-time hunting consultant and social media was just starting to become a thing. But even back then, like there wasn't a lot of businesses. Using. And you were consulting for, so I worked for a, um, a booking agency that booked waterfowl hunts all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then eventually I went and started my own booking agency. And so back then it was like, okay, well, what worked well was having a you know one-page ad and going to some conventions and um, if you were lucky enough you got invited by some TV host to be a part of what they were doing and, and that's how you would promote your your guide and outfitting business or, or your product or whatever it was and and um, 
as I shifted gears in my career and then went to work full time um, as a VP of marketing at, at Drake Waterfowl, um, that was more direct, like consumer brand. How do we, you know, market to the masses through every channel available? And and about that time is when you know, Instagram was very new. Facebook had kind of changed the landscape for everybody and how um, people started marketing their business. And then all of a sudden now Instagram came on board and, and then it became very rapid very quickly. So and, we're in like 2010, 2013. Yeah, yeah. And so um, about that same time, you know, you started, you could feel the shift. Like the OG marketers that, that were my senior at the time, they weren't getting it. And then as, as a young guy coming up in the business world, um, within our industry, I was like, man, like this isn't going away. This has got serious momentum and I could see the influencing happening, even though like some of these people, like they were quote unquote, like they weren't hunting celebrities in the traditional sense and how we defined them at that time. Mm -hmm. But it's like, these are legit. Some of these people were legit hunters putting out some really great education and people are going to them saying, well, why do you use that product? Mm -hmm. How do you use that product? Um, and it was influencing a purchase decision. And so as that started to scale, um, and because everything's so readily available with that little device in your hand, <laughs> you know, like even, even backing it up, like the, the shift that we started to see from the importance of everything we were doing from our, our website, from a desktop perspective mm -hmm. to how that shifted and changed into your mobile device perspective, 95% of the people are more buying their products from their phone, not from a desktop. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was super intriguing to see how all that changed very quickly. And because it happened so fast, um, there was a lot of mistakes made by a lot of brands, by a lot of individuals, both sides of that whole thing, which has been fascinating to watch just because <laughs> Unravel. It's, yeah, it's like, wow, <laughs> this is a massive shit show. <laughs> yeah. This is pretty great. Um, but, uh, if you're able to figure it out and pivot quickly, you, you did well. And so I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like print, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit, but I feel like print isn't dead. It's just, it sits in a different part of the equation now and people just have to figure out how to use it effectively. And then you can do that a couple of different ways in my opinion. So that's wild. Yeah. So before we carry on, sure. Why don't you introduce yourself? Oh geez. I got to introduce myself, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, my name is Ryan Bassham, live in Bozeman, Montana with my wife and two little girls. And, um, man, I love to hunt. That's what I'm about. Mm -hmm. My kids, my wife and I like to travel around the world and chase critters. Yeah, you get to do a lot of international Try traveling. to, yeah, try to. I've been yeah. blessed and very fortunate. Yeah. So you were talking a little bit. You originally didn't necessarily start out in the hunting space. Yeah. Kind of ended up diving full bore into it. Yeah. So what was that like? going coming out of college what would you go to college for specifically so yeah i went to texas a&m university originally with the thought of um being in the ag industry mm -hmm. um i was really into agriculture um and were you originally from texas texas okay yeah so grew up hunting fishing doing all the typical texas redneck stuff yeah football baseball all that right <laughs> texas a is a good place it's dude. a great place yeah it's got fun, some good fun buddies place down there do you nice yeah. nice shout out to bo sandoval just having <laughs> yeah. a good time gig him um so yeah i know grew up in uh texas um and then uh you know had a, a life-changing experience i uh served a two-year mission down in ecuador um, so I lived in South America for a couple of years. And what did you do on the mission? Yeah. So um, I joined the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints when yeah. I was 17. 
and um, decided, you know, it was such an impactful moment in my life that uh, I wanted to give other people that same opportunity, you know, and it wasn't something that I was out looking for. It just, it found me mm-hmm. and um, kind of changed the, you know, course of my life. And so I went down there to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, help people. We built cane houses. We, you know, sat down with families and talked about real life issues, which is interesting to do as a 19, 20, 21 year old that doesn't really have any life experience, but you're there kind of as emotional support and trying to help people and, just be there for them. And a lot of those conversations that mostly start out with, with faith and sure. and having yep. faith that everything is going to be taken care of and provided for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, it was the best thing to probably ever happen to me, you know, being at that, that age, just mm-hmm. like you come back with a totally different perspective on life. I don't know many 19 to 21 year old guys that, you know, are sitting there talking about some really hard things. I mean, like, you know, my, my husband beats me or, um, I was raped or, you know, I killed this person and nobody knows about, I mean, like I had some intense conversations. Like I didn't know how to handle that, Man, that's remarkable. but when you have enough of a, a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ and you can, you can help people through that. I mean, you're not I'm not trying to pretend to be a psychologist or some sort yeah. of therapist for these people. It's just, they just needed You'd be somebody. You'd a vessel of God. Absolutely. And so I'll raise my hand and be there for somebody. Why not? Yeah. I had people do that for me. You got to pay it forward. Well, and I really love what you're talking about right now. And, and my relate, my ability to relate to it mm-hmm. is direct correlation to my experience in time mm-hmm. getting sober and, and learning and understanding sobriety. And a big part of that is confession of all of your sins and wrongdoings in your life and then figuring out what to do in order to make that right. Definitely. Um, and I can relate to that in the sense of like, you know, 18, I got sober when I was 19. I first got sober when I was 15. Didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Got really sober and stayed sober since Mm -hmm. when I was 19. And in that, a big part of that is sitting down with other men Men run with the men, women run with the women mm-hmm. and, um, listening to their confession and listening sure. to what they went through in their trials and tribulations and their dirtiest, yeah. darkest, most fucked up secrets, Exactly. you know, and being that person of confidence that can help walk, walk someone through that and guide them back to the light. Right. Um, so I can, I it's can a powerful help. moment. Dude, yeah, and like, it's, it's some it's of the most changing. important conversations you can ever have mm-hmm. as a human. Like we can talk about all this fun stuff, like traveling the world and hunting and products. Yeah. And it's fun. I didn't see it going down this road, but it's, I'm liking it. It's this. fun. But, but the most impactful things you can do as a human mm-hmm. with your, I mean, I, who cares how much money you make? Who cares what you achieved? Did you, were you a good human? Yeah. Did you help others? Like, did you positively impact ab- other absolutely. people and add fuel to their fire? Of absolutely. Positively impacting others. Themselves? That's it. That's it. Like I, all the other stuff is, it's fun, it's nice, but it'll never be on the same level as, as just... People helping people. Exactly. Yeah. It's way more impactful. Yeah. So, That's so cool, man. Anyways. I respect I, that. I have, I can't not talk about those things because I feel like I would... It, it would, made you the man who you absolutely. are today. Absolutely. Like, and, none and of this other stuff happens that, that, is the that bedrock. we talk about without it. Yeah. Right. Well, that that becomes the bedrock on which a purposeful and happy life can be built. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and knowing that you and I'll, I'll speak for myself right I, sure I, I hate making you statements i should make i statements <laughs> you know knowing that i can go out and i can help guide people mm-hmm. 
through the gnarliest, darkest times of their life based off my life experience and what I've been able to help others through empowers me so much further in every aspect of my life. Right. You know, because having those hard conversations and Mm -hmm. being able to guide somebody back through, you know, whether it be faith or, you know, accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and savior and into our heart and his undying love. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that in itself is such a powerful statement that throughout many different times of my life where I've struggled with that terribly struggled with that, like not knowing or not what it would come down to would be not Mm -hmm. having faith in the process. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and not, being able to just say, okay, God, you take this. Yeah. My hands are off the fucking exactly. reins. <laughs> yeah. You got this. Right. Like, I just need to trust that, you and that everything's trust and okay. Is is so critical. And yeah. if I, I can't, I don't know, like everyone's different. You know, I pass no judgment on anybody. Like whatever it is in your life that helps ground you. And to your point, like you have to have some sort of foundation. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, or I do anyways, because yeah. I, I don't know how you you can can go through life without something to fall back on at your very center and core that helps keep the keep balance. you balanced and yeah. focused otherwise you're just you man you're just all over the board we'll see and, and, that, and, and that can be a pretty miserable place to be mentally for physically sure. emotionally all, all of it all it, it affects all it. everything it's all encompassing Absolutely. like 100 mm-hmm. percent and and like so for me like i'm not a religious man i have a king james bible and mm-hmm. that that's the Bible that right. if I ever need to look to, that's where I that's go. That's where you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm not a religious man. I don't go to yeah. church. You know what I mean? Like nature for me has always been sure. my church. Nature has always been the power greater than myself. But what I can love in this conversation and respect out of it is I understand everything that you're talking about. I can relate to it to the core of my existence and my human being. Because at the end of the day, it's about that faith and it's about that trust and it's about having that Mm -hmm. ability to fall back on something and just know and understand no matter how dark it gets, we're going to come out of this. Yep. You know what I mean? hundred percent. I feel like for me specifically, had I not had that no, like I look back at the time I'm, so I'll turn 37 this year. So in the last 20 oh, years, we're the same age. Yeah. I turned, yeah. I turned 37 next month. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're a little bit older than me by a few months, hey. <laughs> but you know, so it's been 20 years since, since this, you know, pivotal moment happened in my life where, you know, I got teased a lot by my buddies like, Oh, you're dating a Mormon girl, blah, 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 blah. You know? And I was like, guys, I'm never gonna be Mormon. Like, you know, it's, it's weird. They're weird people, whatever. And anyways, long story short, I started talking with the missionaries and they were able to answer some questions for me that I had struggled with. Just nobody knew. It was just all in my head, right? Like just my purpose of being like, why am I here? Like, I don't get it. And so I was able for me personally to find some of those answers and well, and and finding it it my and mind. carrying the message of God yeah. and creating a purpose and going on a mission for two years, two years. Yeah. I didn't, I did not come home for two years. I mean, it was such an impactful moment when I finally knelt down on my own by myself, nobody around middle of the night in my room to pray, to know if the things that they had been teaching me were true. And I was ready to go and do whatever God wanted me to do. I just, I just had to know if what they taught me was true. Like I, it was such a fantastic idea. Um, and so different than what most other Protestant churches teach. I was like, if this is true, this is pretty incredible. Like mm-hmm. I'll go shout it from the mountain. And I do, I don't, 
I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Like I am who I am. Well, there's nothing to be worried about. No. Every individual like, is their own some, individual. Some people are afraid. That's a beautiful thing about America, like, baby. For sure. But people, and I think, I don't want to go too far down this, this rat hole here, but like, yeah. I think some people are afraid to speak their mind and stand up for who they really are. Mm-hmm. They're afraid to post their, the beliefs and how they feel. There's a right and wrong way to do that, but be who you are, own it, mm-hmm. embrace it. So anyways, I, anyways, that moment happened. I just remember kind of sitting back and I was like, I was, I felt so, I'd never felt like that in my life. Um, a lot of people talk about the Holy ghost, you know, kind of speaking truth. So it's not like this voice in your head or anything like that, but it was one of those moments where I was like, I can't deny that I, I do know these things are true and, and I'm going to go tell people about it and, uh, and help that, people and help people. Absolutely. And so that foundation without that experience and all those things happening and having two years, I didn't see my family, um, didn't see my girlfriend for two years. Nobody. I was, I was there for the Lord, the end of story to help anybody and everybody who needed help. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty awesome experience. That's a humbling experience. It's a very humbling experience. And that's a lot of emotional. I talk about that's okay. That's okay. Um, if you, you're in a, you're in a safe, I can't talk about here. this stuff. I get choked up, <laughs> <clears throat> but there's no better thing to be choked up about than saving oh, for lives. Sure. That's I, I think back cause we start talking about this. So it breeds up memories, but you start to see all the faces of these people and the impact that you had. Yeah. Yeah. I miss it. You can still do it here. You don't have to go serve a two-year mission. But when you have nothing else, I didn't have to be a dad. I didn't have to, There's to no be other a husband. Obligations I have, or responsibilities. I mean, that's it. That is your life for two years. It is such an incredible experience. Yeah. And so, anyways, none of the good things that happened to me after, or I think the way I approach my life in general, I wouldn't do any of that without that experience. And so, I'm just so grateful that that I could have that before I even went into college. So, <laughs> so yeah, then I go to college, right? Yeah. Uh, precursor. Up, yeah. Precursor. So <laughs> end up marrying my high school sweetheart, which when I left, I told her, I was like, listen, I don't expect you to wait around. Um, that wouldn't be fair. You know, like mm-hmm. if we're, if we're meant to be, we're meant to be. Um, she waited around and we got married a couple months after I got back, but, uh, went to school to study ag business. Um, you know, growing up, uh, both sides of my family, uh, were dairy farmers. Um, the dairy industry, the is dairy industry, interesting place, <laughs> very interesting place. Obviously all the small operations kind of went out of business there in Northeast Texas. And, and my parents, um, I didn't grow up on a dairy farm. Both my parents, uh, worked as travel agents, which is why I think the world of travel has always been just kind of my fingertips. And the lure. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, um, I, I went to college to do that. Uh, I had my own herd of, you know, Brahmin, you know, cattle and used to show steers and heifers and bulls all over the state of Texas and um, learned how to AI and palpate and worked for a place called Bovine Elite and shipped semen containers all over the, the world. Really? Yeah. And so I, that's kind of where keep I... keep cattle industry alive over there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I, yeah. I did that. Uh, most people don't know that. Um, but while I was there, um, I... I was a pretty serious baseball player in high school, but I blew my shoulder out right before I went on my mission, which was actually a blessing. To a lot of young guys. It does, especially, especially trying to go pro. Yeah, and especially back then. Mm-hmm. Now they monitor these kids' pitch counts and blah 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 blah, yeah. um, which I think is great. Um, I just I didn't have that, and so I, I wrecked myself and had to have reconstructive shoulder surgery, which was a blessing in that I, I don't I think it would have been a harder decision 
to go and serve that mission had that not happened mm -hmm. because I, I could have played college ball. you more focused on. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm glad it did happen. God um, works in mysterious in ways. Mysterious ways. Friend. Exactly. But, <laughs> but what ended up happening was, is like, you know, I've been an athlete and was, was used to that team atmosphere. I love that. I miss that. And all of a sudden I started getting fat and hated it. And so I, I really got into doing like Ironman triathlon. Uh, my, my uncle is an ultra marathoner. So, you know, 50 K 50 mile, hundred mile trail run. Ugh. So, so I got into all of that while that just I just hurts my whole body thinking about dude, it. it I, I can't do it anymore. I couldn't, I don't know how he's still doing it at 60, but he does. Wow. He's a freaking machine. So yeah. huge inspiration in my life. Um, but I found that while I was at Texas A&M. So I went to the, to Texas A&M to, to study ag, study business. And then I found this passion for doing these like ultra endurance races. And so that consumed me. I was doing a lot of training. Well, now so, really quick, I'm sure that you had gained yeah. some mental toughness through the sports world and, and growing up baseball, mm -hmm. probably some more with the mission and Definitely. everything else. I'm sure there was times when you're out there and you're like, what oh, the yeah. fuck am I doing out here? For sure. You know what I when mean? When everybody's slamming a door in your face and yeah. yelling at you, you know, and yeah, they don't, don't want you there. And you want, all you want to do is share some love and they don't want to, they don't want to receive it. it. They're not receiving love. You, that you gain some mental toughness. Yeah. <laughs> and then going into powering through, mm -hmm. you know, 50 K's or mm -hmm. whatever it is, the amount of mental toughness and durability that's forming yep. inside you through all of this, which I'm sure you don't realize at the time. You don't, you don't, you don't realize it until it's you know, yeah. a decade later and you look back on it. Right. Exactly. You know, but like, how do you think that shaped your mental toughness going through that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that and training for it unknowingly on the mental toughness side, it's and for me, and I think it's different for everybody, but when I was doing all that stuff, I wanted to see how far I could push myself physically. Mm -hmm. Um, but knew that if the mental side wasn't dialed in, I couldn't push myself as far as I maybe could physically because so, you quit yeah because you quit so the, the, they're they're hand in hand like you can be a physical specimen but if you don't have the mental you know capacity to to push yourself further um you're not gonna you know you're not gonna achieve your goals and mm -hmm. so um i think having gone through that it made me a lot more tenacious i mean all these experiences did and so um i've said since i was in high school go big or go home and i know that's you know, a lot of people say that maybe, but, um, I, I live that, like if you're going to do something, do it a hundred percent. Yeah. Otherwise it's not worth doing. And so, um, that's just kind of been my mindset. And it, I think that that experience in college, it did a couple of things. Um, nobody really knows what they want to do when they go into college. They, they think they know. And then, <laughs> and then you get like halfway through or almost done. And you're like, ah, change the major. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use any of my college experience for anything I do in life. It's funny. Right now. Most <laughs> of the folks I know that graduated with master PhD, yeah, whatever, like a lot of folks don't really where their area no. of expertise is now in their career has nothing to do exactly. with where they, where they went. Exactly. Originally. And, and so for me, um, you know, what happened is, uh, I fell in love with endurance sports, um, pushing myself and, you know, again, helping people, um, also achieve that same thing. Long story short, I, I was, so NCAA does not have sanctioned triathlon teams. They're all club teams. And so I was on the club triathlon team at Texas A&M and it was a bunch of fun and, um, really started to realize that I enjoyed marketing through some of the business classes I did have. I don't use any of that anymore, but it, it helped me find that love for that part of business. Um, 
And so I found this running shoe company called Newton Running at the time, and mm -hmm. they were kind of a startup. And um, I sent an email and was like, hey, I'm looking, I'll, I'll work for free. I'm looking for an internship, you know. I want my foot in the I door. I just got to get that foot in the door, right? Yeah. At the time, my wife's pregnant with her first child, and I've still got like a year and a half left of college to go. So we are like totally different college experience than most people have. But um, fast forward, like ended up getting an internship with them, was traveling every other weekend to triathlons and marathons around the country. And that led to my first job, which had nothing to do with agriculture. I was, <laughs> I ended up being the sales and marketing uh, guy for a running shoe company. <laughs> but what that did for me, which I think is super crucial, I, I have people ask me, man, like, you know, how, how did you get to where you're at? What do you do? It's like, I'm just doing what I love. Yeah. I'm just doing what I love. I didn't think I was going to go make hundreds of thousands of dollars slinging running shoes. It's just, <laughs> I was passionate about that at that moment in my life. And I was still doing a lot of hunting stuff that never stopped, but that was also a big part of my life. That was just the background noise to break up everything. Else Absolutely. You were doing. And so I found a career as in sales and marketing for a company that I was passionate about. Um, as time went on, I, I still love that, but we started having kids and I was like, I don't even have, I'm not, I don't know. I, I go back. We're going to, we're going to go down another rabbit hole here <laughs> in life. You have to make decisions, right? Some of them are pretty more significant than others. I've watched other people and it, it is what it is. I have my opinion. When you're training at that level for Ironman and marathons and, and like trying to be competitive, not just doing it to, to complete one, but to be competitive about it, it takes a lot of time. There's, there was weeks where I was training 20 to 40 hours a week. Typically that was my, my range somewhere in there. Ugh. And so it's almost like a full-time job. You can do that as a college student. Yeah. But when you start having kids, it's like, okay, well, are you going to be a dad and have a full-time job to support your family? Because that right there is going to take up the majority of your time. So there are no more, you know, massive training weeks where you're putting in good grief. I can, I couldn't stream together two hours this week, the way my week's been. So like, <laughs> so I gave that up, but I was still passionate. I, I had to follow my passions and it's like, okay, I would rather be a good dad and provide for my family. And maybe I'm getting a little burned out on this endurance stuff and it's been awesome. And I've learned a lot of great things, but hunting's always been my favorite. Mm -hmm. and, then, and I was still doing some hunting stuff. And that's when I first started traveling internationally for some waterfowl hunts and whatnot. And so that ended up kind of being that fork in the road where I left the endurance sports world and went more into the hunting world. And that's, that's where I've been the last eight, nine, 10 years, something like that. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's wild. But yeah, that's that background there, I guess leads us to <laughs> present day, like some of the hunting stuff. But, uh, yeah. but I don't know, like without all that stuff happening, I don't know that I would have had any successes to the extent that I have. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been awesome. So when you approached, when you decided to go all in and push all your chips in and mm -hmm. kind of get into the hunting world a lot deeper, um, and you, it, it sounds like what you'd done inside yourself is you'd completed your mastery of the running world, right? And, and I'd done everything I really wanted to do. There's, yeah. there's way more substantial individuals out there that absolutely do way more than but I, I ever but yeah self-accomplishment yeah right? I was like okay I, I did these things I got to the top I, of the tower I, I wanted pushed, to climb I pushed myself to my limit yeah and that was very satisfying yeah, yeah. and you you transitioned over and you started getting into the waterfowl and mm -hmm. international hunting with that right because as a kid growing up in northeast Texas I was like oh I'll never hunt anything other than ducks and white-tailed deer mm-hmm 
but I'd always dreamed of doing all these other things. Mm. Like I, I was the kid that was that annoying kid at, at conventions that's going booth to booth and just grabbing brochures and like disappearing. That was me. And looking at everything. Mm -hmm. And I would go home and Western like, deer hunt. I, I know, know, like, oh, sheep, look at this Africa. Elk. Yeah. You know, what's an Altai Argali? Like, you know, and I'd go back to my house at, and, and spread all that out on my, my bedroom floor and just be like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to do this. One day I wish I could do this, but I never thought I could. Mm -hmm. I never, I never thought I'd do anything outside the state of Texas. So it's been a wild ride. And you've hunted all over the planet now. Mm -hmm. I mean, all over the planet. All over the planet. You know, because yeah, I, I remember crazy. talking to you before one of my Ibex hunts. Yeah. You were showing me your Ibex. Dude, still one of the best hunts, I think. I was so excited for you to go. Yeah. Because I, I'm telling you, that's one of my top three favorite hunts. Easy. Such it's an amazing such a experience. fun time, man. Oh, it's awesome. And it's so great. Relatively, like, it's funny when people are like, oh, I could never afford that. And then they go on a guided elk hunt. And I'm like, man, you just you, missed out your opportunity you to afford that. Like, <laughs> exactly. You absolutely you just had it. You know? Because yep. sure. it's really not. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as, as one thinks, as long as they're comfortable with international travel. Exactly. And even that side of it, I mean, I've probably become a little too numb to the international travel. And I've got a crutch. My mom's been a travel agent for 40-something years. So mm -hmm. when I get jump on a plane and start cruising, like... I can just I can call my mommy. Yeah. <laughs> like I could call my mom and she knows where I'm at. And like, she does all her stuff in the background that other people can't do. And like, that's been a pretty big crutch for me. I'm not ashamed to say it. Like it's yeah. made it a lot easier. I had an opportunity to go down on a hunt in Mexico uh -huh. and they got, and, and for me, like, I don't really give a shit. I'll go wherever a good hunt is going to be. Totally. Right? Yeah. Um, for me though, I'm I'm hunting for inches if I'm spending sure anything over ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars for it. a hunt. Um, but in that phone conversation, my buddy was like, "Well, are you sure you want to go down to Mexico? Like, I understand I've already had a couple people back out because they don't want to international travel to Mexico." And I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with traveling to Mexico?" And they start like laying out like cartel sure. problems and like. All the stuff that for me, like, I don't even think about, Dude. man. It's just like, you go and enjoy yeah. the ride and whatever happens, happens. It's exactly. It's it's going to be what's going to be. I think no matter where you're at in the world, including here in the U.S., mm -hmm. you you can find trouble if you want. Yeah. And the basic rule of thumb that I've traveled off of the last 20-something years is there's nothing good to find at a bar after dark. Mm. like there's really nothing good to find after dark anywhere, especially once you get outside the country. Well, like usually for Some me when I go out, it. it's like 10 PM is my cutoff. Yeah. Like, like I want to be in my room in my bed by 10 PM. For sure. And there's certain places you just don't go. It's the same. Like we lived, um, near Memphis, Tennessee for about a year when I was working at Drake. It's like, you, you don't go there at night. You just don't, or you will find trouble mm -hmm. or at least the probability is much higher. And so it's a, <laughs> it's the same concept. Right. And so I don't know, like, even through like last year, I went to eight different countries, even with COVID going on. It's like, there's, if there's a will, there's a way, um, you know, some of these places are more dangerous than others, but you can avoid it if you're smart and just don't do any rule. Number one, don't be stupid, mm -hmm. you know? So, so you run a, a booking agency now mm -hmm. for international hunts. Correct. And that is encompassing any kind of hunt a client would want to go on or what do you so, what's your primary focus is with that? yeah so my parents have um operated a travel agency out of dallas texas for the last 43 years now um they are getting close to retirement but um trophy expeditions is the name of the booking agency it's kind of a branch off of their travel agency some that you know father son we thought it'd be something fun to do my wife is into hunting as well 
And so started out as just really kind of like a side hustle, something fun to do. And it's, it still is a side hustle. I mean, I make my money doing other things as a business consultant in the industry, but entrepreneurial. Um, yeah, you. absolutely. <laughs> Control your own destiny. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Trophy Expeditions is about eight years old now, and it's been something fun that we've done as a family. But the, the hunts that we offer, um, it's all boots on the ground experience. Like we we're a one-stop shop, which is a rarity for most booking agencies because we have the travel agency. We can do travel insurance. Um, we can do uh, non-hunting related packages for tourism in some of these countries. We can do everything, mm -hmm. airfare, car rental, hotel, all of it. And we can book your hunt and tell you exactly how to get in and out of there without having any major issues. Trophy import, export, firearm import, export. It's, it's kind of a pain in the rear. It's a lot. It's a lot. If you've never traveled outside the country before, you better have somebody to help you. Yeah. Um, you know, and we don't upcharge anything. It's just the way that, honestly, I just get enjoyment out of doing it. Maybe this is one of those things that goes back to just enjoying helping people. Do I benefit financially? Sure, I do. But it's it's not but you're also food providing a billable service exactly and but yeah. it's not putting food on the table it's allowing me to live a lifestyle outside of what i do as an entrepreneur and other things mm -hmm. and so it's it's been fun it's allowed us to gosh i think i've hunted in i'd have to count but i bet we've hunted in over 20 countries now um we've we've seen parts of the world again like as a if i would have told my 12 year old self Hey, you're gonna to get to go to 20 countries and hunt animals that you all don't these even... brochures that you're piling up. You're actually gonna to get to do a bunch I never, of never, never thought I would ever <laughs> done any of it, and so it's it's been an incredible ride, and it becomes more than just you know going and, and killing some animal. It, it the more you do it, it becomes more of just you're continuing this adventure to see these cultures, meet new people, the global know, pursuit of adventure. Absolutely, man. and you're collecting these stories that are just to be able to pass down to your kids and grandkids and um, continue to learn as a human. Um, it's awesome. Like it's, I can't stress enough. I think more people, I don't care what's going on in the world right now. You should still go travel. Um, that being said, I did end up having to cancel my trip to Russia this year. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's I probably bet. not a good Where idea. Where are you going in Russia? Uh, supposed to go to Kamchatka, which is far away from everything that's going on. Uh, but we, a client and I were supposed to go and hunt snow sheep. In I Kamchatka. was just talking to Ryan Lampers about Kinchop. Kamchatka. Kamchatka. Yeah. And he, I had no idea his fishing background. Yeah. And that never gets talked about. The, the bait, we talked about it for <laughs> sure. Nice. We talked it's about awesome. it on the podcast. We did. Such a good dude. But like, I mean, for me, a ton of bait guaranteed that I bought fishing in mm -hmm. the Bay Area came directly from him and his family and yeah. their employees. Like, right. That blew my mind. But to hear that he got to go into Kinchaka when it was opening up for fly fishing on the rivers Dude. in the 90s and what he got to see uh, and what he got imagine. to experience and the fishing that he got to do, just taking helicopters up rivers, right. trying to find new places to fish. Like, sure. Oh, my God. So awesome. So wild. I mean, so awesome. So wild. You don't get to... I mean, so much of the world has been there, done that. Like, mm -hmm. I haven't done anything that other people haven't done, but... But when it's when it's you and it's your personal journey, it's it's an amazing experience. Yeah. And for him to get to go and do stuff like that's pretty pretty special. Yeah. yeah. So you guys canceled stone a snow sheep hunt this year. Yeah, I mean it's that's a bummer. I can't imagine that Trying working to out. Yeah, yeah. Like good grief. Like that WNBA player got busted for taking vape in. I don't know if I want to take a gun in there. Yeah. They're they're harassing US citizens. Anybody. Anybody, and everybody they can. Yeah. So 
taking a gun in there is probably not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this probably is what it is. Frowned There's other it. adventures to go on. Yeah. Yeah. And circle so, back to that one. Yeah, it'll be there maybe. When the region stabilizes again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's plenty of stuff to do. Yeah. That's wild. I want to go out there. I want yeah. to go out there. I want to do... Um, they got good brown bear, good moose. They do. In fact, we were going to... If we were successful in a timely manner, we were going to switch gears and go to lower elevation for brown bear. So, really? Yeah. 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 There's yeah. a lot of bears there. Caribou. Mm-hmm. A lot of bears, though. Yeah. Like, it's... Insane. Special place, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. That's wild, dude. Cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and it's just so funny to think back to when you were a kid, mm-hmm. stacking up those brochures. Yeah. And looking at it and, you know, embarking on your journey of life starting with the mission mm-hmm. for two years and then powering through everything to getting to where you are today. Right. You know, and you, you have a good family, you're mm-hmm. a good father, you're a good role model, you know, and you get to carry the message of what success can be right. when you're trying to be successful for yourself and not successful for someone else. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. I think, um, you know, another important thing, like I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I haven't really talked a ton about it, but um, you're still going to have trials along the way. You're supposed to. I think a lot of people don't don't realize that because I think I've heard it before. Like, yes, I, I, I realize that I have been blessed with a very unique, special circumstance. And, you know, I but re- everybody is. Everybody is. Everybody's blessed with their own unique right. circumstance that happens. <laughs> Everyone's blessed with their own unique circumstance. Mm-hmm. And it is what we make of it. Like, sure. For me, example, 19 years old, homeless, living in my car, shedding yeah, blood on a daily basis yeah. to where I am today. If I right. would have stayed the victim and stayed stuck in my rut, mm-hmm. I'd be in prison or in debt. For sure. And I would yeah. have never come out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just because that was my rock and hard place doesn't mean that someone else's, which their rock and hard place could be astronomically different in mm-hmm. every single direction. You know, it could be a failed sports career sure. or, you know what I mean? Anything, Absolutely. right? Any, anything. And the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization that I felt at that time mm-hmm. can be directly related to the same exact, to the, to the person who's mm-hmm. losing something else somewhere else. Right. On their own path, right? And we're Definitely. feeling the exact same emotional discourse yeah. in two different lifestyles. Absolutely. And then what we make and come out of that is really the linchpin that gets everything done. Right. A- a- absolutely. I feel like, I feel like too, just in addition to everything you said, because I 100% agree with it, is I think a lot of times people get to a certain point, like, you know, I you, you went through a very hard time. That was a very trying time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we, we all have different trials in our lives. Just because you get over a massive one doesn't mean that they're going to stop coming. They're supposed to keep <laughs> Life <coming>. happens. <laughs> like, if you can get your mindset to it's like, hey, part of being here and experiencing life is to have these consistent hard times. Dark days. Absolutely. Because you can't appreciate happiness and, and the lighter times if you don't go through the bad first. And, and I think that if you can embrace that and accept it mentally, it becomes a lot easier because mm-hmm. if you were to just 
judge everybody based by social media you go oh my gosh that's such an amazing life they can do all these amazing things and then all these things like jealousy and greed start creeping in then you start to become miserable and it's like you got to be careful with that like you don't know what's going on with that person like speaking from experience like i had a dream job and they eliminated the position and all of a sudden like i was just i was out yeah that that sucked man like that was a horrible experience in my life but it's led me to this much greater amazing opportunity that I wouldn't have gone out and sought on my own had I not gotten kicked in the nuts a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that. That happened. I'm in such a better place. But like through that, you know, I, I dealt with depression, you know, massive anxiety issues that I had been dealing with my whole life and never really faced until like I finally hit my rock bottom. But people don't post about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like I think what's important, like people that reach out to me, they're like, man, how, how did you go and do this and do that? It's like, Man, I, I got beat up bad like everybody else <laughs> along the way. I took my licks, I, I, but but you, I didn't. And continue to still it, take them yeah, today. It, it, yeah, because they're coming. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not out of the woods. None of us are. Like, bad stuff's coming. Get your mind set to where, hey. Um, Accept it, assess it, and be able exactly, to move learn on. Exactly. Learn from find it. The positive, find the positive. Exactly. Learn from it. Don't stay in the negative. And then, and then continue to move forward. Adapt. Um, I think when people can get that that to that place mentally, that's where you can be so much more successful. Um, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Worry about yourself and your own journey. Blinders on and keep going. And your family. And be a good example. Help other people. And things tend to work out. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not the Faith. way you thought, but... But Faith. like, stay the course, man. Well, and you brought up a really interesting point. You know, you were talking about that position got eliminated. And similar to my story... Um, I was with the company for a decade and did tons mm -hmm. of stuff for a decade and they let me go. Mm -hmm. I mean, mind you, when they let me go, I greeted them with a handshake and gave them a hug and told sure. them, thank you so much for 10 years of employment and opportunity and right. growth as an individual and a human being. But that was one of the best things that ever happened in my life Yeah, because that propelled me mm -hmm. into doing everything I'm doing today. In the moment, it probably didn't feel that way. And no, in the moment I knew, Yeah, I, I mean like... Don't get me wrong. I was upset and I sure. was heartbroken and I was you felt all those definitely negative emotions. lost. I felt all of yeah. the negative emotions, but because of trials and tribulations and having mm -hmm. the outlook that you've been talking about, mm -hmm. I was able to quickly assess it, find the positive in it right. and continue to carry on still dealing with the, you know, remorse and emotional stuff that was going on from the loss of employment and everything sure. else like that. But I was still able to pick up, carry on, and charge forward harder than I was while I still was in employment with that with that company. Right, exactly. I think I think um, if people can can get focused on the things that we're we're talking about here, they'll find more happiness more consistently in their lives. Mm -hmm. Like bad things are supposed to happen. Suck it up, accept it, <laughs> know that it's coming, but have your mind set on how you're going to handle it when it does get there. That way you're not caught back on your heels. Well, and a lot of that know? also comes into having faith. Yeah, for sure. You know, Absolutely. and it doesn't matter what one person believes in, but having faith mm -hmm. that this is part of the journey. This is part right. of the process. How can I learn from this? This is supposed to What's make me a better person. Bingo. That's it, man. I'm you telling know? you. That's fucking awesome. I'm loving this right now, man. <laughs> I did not see this going this direction at all today. Do you think we're just going to talk about hot stuff? Well, I had no idea what we were, I never know I what we're going to talk about. You know what I mean? But like, I'm glad it's gone this way too. Yeah, I, I like man. talking about this stuff. I Get, mean, we can sit here getting and tell fired up right now. Just, how do we be better humans? How do we yeah. like impact people? Right. 
uh, it's fun to tell hunting stories, but this is the stuff that is more important. Yeah. So, well, this is, this is the stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make us better hunters. Exactly. A hundred percent, you know, hundred percent. Like how do, how do you get mentally tough on a hunt? You go through all this other stuff in life mm-hmm. because it's, it's more real than, you know, a 10 or 14 or even 21 day experience that you're going to have. That's a brief moment in time in your life. All this other stuff. That's the hard stuff. Yeah. Going on a hard hunt, that's a vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's funny too when people are like, oh, I'm going on vacation. I'm going on a deer hunt. <laughs> and like for me, man, it's like when I would go, <laughs> when I was at that, when I had that job and I'd take 14 days off to go on a hunt, mm-hmm. you know, they'd be like, oh, enjoy your vacation. I'm like, dude, I'm working harder on my hunt than yeah. I am when I'm in the office. Right, like right. <laughs> I'm up at 3 a.m. every day for hiking sure. for five hours. For sure. Like there's no, for sure. You know, like it's a different kind of heart. It's a different kind of challenge. It's not the, it doesn't, it's not an emotional, well, I shouldn't say that. It's, it's, a different, it's emotionally challenging. challenging. Yeah. And it can be spiritually challenging for some people. Absolutely. But not in the grander scheme yeah, of things. There's more right? grit to it. Yes. You know, yeah. and in some aspects. And then there's more grit to just mm-hmm. daily life and, exactly. you know, personal struggle and success. For sure. But for sure. I think it's interesting how everybody can go through a lot of, of the similar things, these similar things, and our, our perspective is always different mm-hmm. depending on the person. But if you have a positive perspective, yeah. it continues to just allow you to propel forward. Did you yeah. ever watch Eight Mile? Yeah, oh, with yeah. Eminem. Oh yeah. And at the For end sure. of the movie, when they're doing the the freestyle battle, and mm-hmm. he's and he's talking about Clarence and Clarence's parents, and <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. And yeah. he's like, he went to blah blah blah, and he went to a really nice school, and like, <laughs> you know. And then the the guys are watching him. He's just slowly getting deflated into this like, yeah. I've built this gangster mentality of who I am, but I've never experienced. Just never really lived it. I've never I've never yeah. experienced any adversity in my life, you know. And, right. You and, can only fake it till you make it for so long. At some point, then, the curtain gets pulled back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'm gonna have yeah. to go watch that movie again. I'm gonna have it's to a watch great it movie. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. Just dialing it back here a little bit. <laughs> God, when did that come out? Like 2000 and something. Oh, when he first started his um, his mainstream rap career, it was it. He started in the, what the 90s. He started like 98, probably. Yeah, maybe. late 90s. Yeah. Um, gosh, because I remember... Well, I'm sure he started out way before that. First his success Oh, yeah, was... exactly. I remember hearing Eminem. Gosh, we, we really changed gears here. Yeah. Um, What's up? I was in middle school, so it was like... It had to have been 90s, late yeah. 90s. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, that... You talk about like... Watching other people's journeys and people that go through tough times. Man, that dude... Yeah. Talk about like bottom of the gutter to pinnacle of success for what he wanted to do with his life. Mm-hmm. Freaking did it, man. Well, and also being extremely vocal about all of the shit that was going yeah. on in his life. Could you imagine if an Eminem style rapper came out today? Well, it's funny. Hey, he'd be canceled. I, here's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. We're talking about rappers right now. <laughs> there is a guy named Tom McDonald. Uh-huh. Dude, go listen to some of his stuff. Really? Dude, it, it, <laughs> I like all kinds of music. Yeah. I Do mean, you ever it, listen to NF at all? Yeah, a little bit. NF is I like. I, I may be kind of from like a redneck cowboy background. Yeah. I listen to all music. Yeah. Right? I'm, I've been around you the world and I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm open yeah. to everything. Yeah. If it's good some music, of, it's Some good, of Tom McDonald, but the, the lyrics of Tom McDonald talking about things present day 
in our world society, dude, it makes you go, holy crap, he, how is he not canceled? What's like a good song to look up of his? Oh, gosh, you're going to ask me that. Um, I'm terrible with song names. So I'm I'll just horrible leave that one with on it. Both, yeah, no, <laughs> there, there is a really good one where, and he's talking about like our political climate today within the US mm-hmm. um, and COVID and like how that's affecting diplomacy from country to country like it's it's deep stuff and some of the, his his lyrics i'm just like wow like mm-hmm. that's i'm deep, looking man. him up right now that's what I'm anyways doing. everybody go check it out i don't know why i'm like hyping this white rapper but i <laughs> um, i listened to it and i was just like wow i that uh that's some strong stuff there it's pretty canadian good. he's a canadian rapper dude when you see him you're like holy crap yeah, this guy's kind of scary this guy. like, <laughs> i know right yeah he's got a He's not what you, a mohawk. It's not what you would expect. Yeah. Like you, 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 this oh, is a, so he does fake woke snowflake. I've, yeah. I've heard, heard all these? that stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's him. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Dude, it's good stuff. Dude, fake woke and snowflake They're awesome. are epic. They're awesome. They're like on my constant rotation when I go down to the ridge. Like, <laughs> but, you know, he says some pretty controversial stuff these days. And He does. But like Eminem came out like saying oh, yeah. like... You know, oh, he was faggot saying, and all kinds of oh, crazy yeah. shit, like killing his mom and yeah, killing his all mom, killing his stuff. wife, like killing his wife in front of his kid. You like, can't do that anymore. You can't do that you anymore. Can't, you can't like, do that anymore. No. He closed that window. Yeah, that was uh, he he got that done before 2022. <laughs> yeah, but like I remember the first time I heard Fake Woke, and mm-hmm. it came in through my Amazon radio station that I yeah. listened to. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, how have I never heard this before? How is this not getting more buzz, more play? Like, you couldn't, at the time, you couldn't find it on any, like, Mm -mm. add Instagram music to your story or any, I don't know if you can now. I don't know either. I think what's, I mean, talking about being an entrepreneur, like, whether you like rap or not, or you look at this guy and you're like, holy crap, not for me. Mm -hmm. What he's done as an entrepreneur for himself I think is pretty inspirational because I, I don't think he has a label. He's not doing any of this through a record company. Like he is on his own. I think a hundred percent. Just crushing it. Just crushing it. Just pr- so promoting cool. himself on his own. He's not using a record label and yeah. other rappers to hype him but up. But do like, record labels have as much leverage as they used to these I don't days? Know. Yeah, I mean, you're asking the wrong guy. I would, you know, I would assume no. Mm-hmm. But I just watched the Kanye West documentary. Oh, did you? Is that pretty on, good? Yeah, on Netflix. And I think it's only like three episodes in. I think it's in total only going to be gotcha. three episodes. That would be interesting to watch. But having grown up in that era and having sure. watched a lot of the progressions of all of the different rappers' mm-hmm. careers and right. everything that was going on in, in the hip-hop world at that time, super interesting to watch Kanye's documentary and watch I'll his evolution watch as a person. Yeah. And that that is one of the biggest parts is the evolution of yeah. him as a human being. Yeah. And like and what what caused it? Well, that I haven't seen it, but I yeah, I'm, well, I'm imagining. A lot you know. a lot of the footage is his buddy just filming him. Hmm. So it's not like a professional sure. style per se it's documentary. It's what was normal back then. It's it's what like his buddy had a video camera <laughs> yeah. and just filmed all of right. it. And like Amazing, crazy, fucking amazing That's story. Really cool. we'll have to check it out. You know, and and then you know, in the end, it gets into you know where he's at today and all that kind of stuff. I think in the third episode, but just a phenomenal documentary. You know, and I'd I'd love to be able, you know, like watching the NWA movie that came out mm-hmm. a few years back. Right, uh, right. It was an NWA movie. I'm trying to think which one. It was it like been. Dre, Ice Cube. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did they call that one? Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember what the name of it was. Was it 
Straight out Compton. It was. That's what the name of it was. Phenomenal. Great. Dude, but like, but just it was, because it I was accurate too. It was very accurate. And it, I mean, like that was still super relevant when we were coming, like growing up, like yeah. and how that, you know, affected our, you know, culture. Mm-hmm. Not just well, because in the early nineties is when it all started falling apart for them exactly. as their, mm-hmm. as their crew that they were together and they all started going in their right. separate directions. And then also being able to recognize what happened in all of their different careers, sure. you know, Ice Cube Friday and, yeah. like, you know, everything that, that he was, you know what I mean? And everything they were all doing totally. throughout their entire journey. And it's funny because like, and this is going to sound retarded probably to a lot of people, <laughs> but like I, I take and I watch the 90s and early 2000s hip hop scene all the way to what it is today. Right. And I kind of can compare it to the hunting industry (laughs) and how the hunting industry has been for the last five years to where it is today where more people are getting in tune with each other and getting in sync with each other and, Mm -hmm. you know, partnering up and not worrying about fucking, you know, brand lines in the sand and and all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. seeing everyone come together, which like, that's what they all did. They all fucking fought and they all got rich off fighting each other. They all got super rich and super famous off fighting each other. And then they've all been able to sort of start reconnecting and, Mm -hmm. you know, mending and, and starting that process and recovering friendship and relationships and then getting to where now they can all get rich together and celebrate together totally. and have a good time together totally. and enjoy each other's company. And I, I don't, I think it's interesting you brought that up. Cause I don't know that many, especially like if you're, if you don't work in the industry in some capacity, you don't know it, then you don't know, you don't yeah, realize you don't it. You're just, you're just it. looking from the outside and going, this is, this is kind of cool. It's fucking such a cool um, world. And it's sometimes it's really not um, <laughs> at all. Sometimes it's kind of uh, nasty. I think it's, I think it's cool before I continue on there. The super like most people that watch the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and that halftime show, like they don't understand how cool that really was. The adventure that happened yeah. for them to all be there That's together. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think it is interesting that you're, you know, kind of comparing that the to the animosity in the industry. Dude, like it's yeah. I don't I don't understand it. I just remember growing up and if somebody shot a spike, it was like, you know, any of your your neighboring properties remember this is northeast texas it's not mm-hmm. like we had thousands of acres right like we had 500 acres our neighbors had 300 their neighbor yeah. had maybe 2000 maybe but everybody knew each other and so you go up to the local store there's only one with one gas pump and if somebody shot one it's like high five and like congrats man that's awesome tell us the story yeah. everybody's standing around the tailgate hanging out and nobody gave a crap about well, what optics were you shooting? And oh, well, you're wearing real tree, not mossy oak. Like everybody's wearing freaking Wranglers and you know red plaid shirts. Like none of that crap mattered. And it's just interesting to see how much it's changed over the last. I mean, I'm I'm looking at memories back 30 years ago, how things have changed the last 30 years. It's just, it's crazy. I don't I don't understand it. First mossy oak shirt, dude. That's ever awesome. Made. <laughs> That's my, so crazy. my buddy was over at, at their house yeah. and got to see over the hazes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually got to see That's the cool. original. That's pretty cool. First shirt. That's pretty awesome. Fucking man. so cool to get that text it's, message the other day. It's, it's interesting how it's gone from that, you know, like something as simple as just that camera shirt <laughs> to, to elaborate gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one day Technical. someone's going to care enough. Maybe I'm a big enough nerd, like to go back in timeline how the industry truly started and evolved, you know, but the evolution from mm-hmm. Woolrich and Filson yeah, to, yeah. And it's been great. It's, it's, you know, it's allowed us to 
I, I'm of the mindset of like, yeah, I, if I need to go tough it out and hunt, I can, but I can be a more effective hunter and stay out longer if I've got good gear. And we're in a place in today, today's society with manufacturing and fabric textiles and all this amazing tech, like we can, we can stay out longer, more comfortably, mm-hmm. which leads to more success. But the internal bullshit in our industry and in our community <laughs> is just gross. Yeah. It's gross. I hate it. Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's taken away from, and I'm not like trying to be a purist or another, but it's taken away from what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and again, obviously for the people outside the industry, they have no idea what we're talking about. They don't. Yeah. And, and so, but you know, what's interesting, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this is going, Oh yeah, no, I get it. Cause in my industry where I work, mm-hmm. it's probably the same. It's, it's just, the board. it's the politics are in everything. There's mm-hmm. always internal politics. Tribalism. Yeah. It, it is part what of the it human is. condition. So when you're looking from the outside into the hunting industry guys, like just trust me, like it's not all freaking rainbows and gummy bears. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, um, behind the scenes, there's still a lot of hard work and unfortunately the same kind of BS that everybody has, no matter what their job is. So yeah. we just have more perks is all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it is handy for sure. It is handy for sure, man. What a wild conversation. We kind of hit, I mean, we were all over the board. Yeah. I feel like we got to talk about something totally different now yeah. just to keep people like even, yeah, <laughs> even what? more on their toes. <laughs> right. So, are you like a Jolly Ranchers guy? Are you a Skittles Ooh. guy or nerds? Reese, nerds. I love some Reese's too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little too much. Uh-huh. Which is why I don't look like I did in college anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you ain't running 50Ks no, anymore. Dude, I'm in total dad mode, man. I'm coaching, you know, my kids' softball. Are you coaching team. sports up here? Um, so, my oldest daughter, um, humble dad brag, is pretty, pretty darn good at softball. So, um, I assistant coach her travel team and do that sort of thing with the kids. And then my wife was a, an amazing gymnast down in Texas growing up. And so she, my younger daughter does gymnastics. Of course. And so yeah, no, I'm in full, you know, embracing being the, I can move for a fat kid up in the mountains. Girl dad. I'm a girl dad. I'm rocking the dad bod, you yeah. know, embracing it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I can still get up and get an elk out of the mountains, I'm all, I'm all right. <laughs> just do it with a little bit more fluff now. Yeah. Hey, it happens. That's right. Yeah, That's there's right. nothing wrong with that. But yeah, Reese's dude, what's your go-to? For candy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers, huh? Jolly Ranchers. So it depends. Like, if yeah. I'm driving on the road, mm-hmm. it's it's cracker combos. Right? Cracker combos. Do you know combos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filled with cheese? Yep. Cracker yep. combos and a bag of Skittles or a bag of Sweet Tart Robes. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my go-to driving right. on the road food. That's which awesome. is absolutely fucking terrible. Oh, it's horrible. You know, like, There's when not- I... <laughs> You have to really plan to have a healthy meal for a long road trip. Dude, and I'm and on I, the road like three weeks a year. I don't have three, time to do that. Three weeks a month, yeah, you know, right. especially in the busy season. Totally. Which totally. I'm coming into. God, I'm fucking dreading it, but I'm so excited for it. <laughs> it's like that love-hate relationship. It, it, uh, it really is, man. It is. There's a lot of sacrifice, and I'm sure that you know this as a mm-hmm. family man and, oh, yeah. you know, having kids and a wife and a home. When you're going out on the road... It's tough for, you know, multiple days or weeks on end. It's hard, you know, for six months, a year like that. It, it takes its toll. It takes it. You better have some mental toughness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tell people they're like, oh man, you get to go do with these cool trips. It's like, I'm sacrificing time with my family. Dude, The second I shut the door and jump in the truck every time it's this mix of emotions of I'm excited to go, 
feel guilty that I'm leaving and I'm already ready to be home and I'm already regretting what I'm going to miss. Yeah. That's such a weird thing. Like, that's a full spectrum of emotions. It's right it's there. all the emotions. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I've dreamed of this for my entire life. So glad I get to go do this. It's going to be amazing, even if we're not successful. But at the same time, just wanting to turn around and jump out of the truck and get back in the house. Yeah. And so it's a weird spectrum of emotions for sure. How do you deal with that? Oh, that is a great question. I don't know if I've ever had to answer that one. Um, you know, I think that just what most people naturally would do, I assume, is um, I do my best to compensate for that time. Like, we plan really, really well. Like, I have a good idea what the next 18 months of my life look like just because my wife and I are a team. Like, we can't do what we do. She she has a great job. I, I have a great job. Our kids are super involved with all these different things. You can't have an airtight plan, or you can't do it without an airtight plan. And so when I'm planning and I know I'm going to be gone, like I, I've got a couple trips this year where I'll be gone for two weeks straight. And it's like, all right, I know I'm going to miss these things. These are the things I'm going to try not to miss because they're incredibly important to my daughters and I wouldn't miss it for the world. And I plan extra time when I'm home, I'm home. You know, I'm in a lucky position to work with my job. There are certain projects that I'm doing where, you know, whatever, I'll work from nine to 1 a.m. if mm -hmm. I have to, those four hours because they're asleep. So I don't feel like I'm not giving them my time and I'm just in a unique position where I can make my own hours and do it whenever. Or I get in a lot of, like when I'm out on a hunt, um, especially like if I'm hosting a hunt in Africa, for example, I've got downtime to work still. If I'm on the side and of the mountain, you're in a nice lodge. You're in a nice lodge, so I can do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, there's other hunts I go on where it's like freaking not the case. Not the case Snow at all. Sheep hunting in Kinshaka. But you exactly. <laughs> but you plan accordingly, you know. And so um, when I'm home, I try to really make sure that I'm present. That means putting the phone down. That means yeah. the emails from you know partners on some of the businesses I work with. You can wait. Mm -hmm. And I tell them that up front, like here's expectation. When I'm at home with my kids, I'm at home with my kids. And if you don't like it, don't hire me. Yeah. Well, like even... Get a different consultant. E well, even... It, and I would say just in the circumstance of us trying to get a podcast done for the last six or eight <laughs> months. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. hey, are you in town? Hey, I'm in town for two days. But Yeah, I, we kept I, missing I'm, each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, ca I can't do it this week. How about next right. week? Sorry, I'm out of town for 10 days that week. Right. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, For sure. I think, I think it's easy. And I've seen... I've seen marriages end of, with guys that do something similar to what I do. And I, and I, I hate that I've had to learn from, from their experiences, but you can't, you can't be gone traveling all the time if you're in a family dynamic with young kids. And then when you come home, you're still not present because mm -hmm. you can be home and not present. And, um, it doesn't work. Like you, you gotta find the off switch Yeah, and that's hard. It's hard to do. Um, I'm fortunate, like the business partners that I have, we, we all get it. We all have similar circumstances and we buckle down and get things done when we need to. And, but we all have kids and we respect that from each other. So, yeah. so it works out well. Yeah. That's cool. How important is your and your wife's relationship and your communication? Psh, everything. If, without that, none of this works. Mm -hmm. None of it works. And so... Um, everybody, you know, I'm sure has their, their way and how they, they do it. But like my wife's been my best friend since I was 14. Mm -hmm. And so we know each other pretty darn well. Um, there's a tremendous amount of respect there. Like 
we we know each other better than anybody else. She knows me probably better than I know myself. And so a lot of planning, like we sit down and calendar and not just calendar and plan for, for the kids, but like understanding, hey, what are your personal goals? What are you working on? What's bothering you right now? Having those very open conversations um, is incredibly important to the health of any relationship, especially with a spouse that you're going to sleep in bed with and try and raise other little humans to be good, you know, functioning members of society. Like you better have a really good communication with that other individual. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of sitting down, like scheduling time to plan those things, scheduling time to go over finances, um, respecting that person enough to go, Hey, are you good with everything I'm doing right now? And then being willing to adjust if they're not, mm-hmm. it's one thing to sit down and say, Hey, I'm doing all these things. Um, if you have a problem with it, let me know. But if they let you know and you don't change, that's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Now, how so. important is it in all the things that you're doing mm-hmm. uh, to accomplish and do those things without blowback on the home front? Um, we've both been pretty good to avoid that. And, and the way we do that is, like, honestly, like, if, if I have a client come to me, um, it's hundred percent my decision on whether I'm going to work with them or not based on the scope of the project. Sometimes that's taking an equity position. That's a lot longer term of a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether it's a one month project that I'm doing some marketing consulting for, or it's like a, Hey, we're going to, you know, bring you in at this position and give you equity and it's going to vest over this amount of time, blah, blah, blah. I go to my wife every time and I say, Hey, help me think this one through. Help me identify anything that maybe I'm not seeing. Anything I'm missing. Is there anything I'm missing? And then how does this affect our family dynamic? You know, does this, does this make it to where I I can't be the dad and husband that you need me to be Mm -hmm. and vice versa where we have those conversations. And so, and oftentimes she goes, have you thought about this? And I'm like, oh no, because I'm being a guy and I'm being greedy. (laughs) And so thank you for calling that out. And, and I, I'm, I feel like I'm man enough in our relationship to go, okay, you're right. I see your point. I see your point. I'm going to take that in consideration because your feelings are important too. And I think you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like I can't travel and go and do all these things. Like if I were to just continue to commit to all this stuff, I would never be home. There'd be no point in having a house. Mm-hmm. So there'd be no point in having a family. So you've got to have family at the forefront. And the only way you can maintain that is to have this open communication and like over communicate if you can. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't always go perfect, but I mean, I'm happy to say, like, we really don't, we very rarely get cross with each other. Like, we're on the same page yeah. because we over-communicate. Yeah. That's awesome. That's It's really cool to hear, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and it can really set an example out there for people listening and for myself as sure. well on better ways to be better human beings. Absolutely. In our relationships with our spouses. Absolutely. You know I, think, I, mean? I think, too, with, with my wife, Marissa, she, uh, because we've known each other for so long, she saw... You know, when I, I didn't realize that I dealt with depression and anxiety issues on and off my whole life. She's, she's had a front row seat, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can, I can actually feel and identify that chemical change happening within me now. And she knows how to read me well enough. Like I can hide it pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody in my life knew I was dealing with this stuff. Yeah. And she was able to kind of be that person. Um, She's able to be that person to, to help me through that. And if we not, if we wouldn't have had all this open communication with each other, I wouldn't have had that. And, and it could have ended a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And so having somebody that, 
um, you can trust enough. She might be the only person I was able to trust at that time in my life to open up. I mean, I could barely say certain things to my wife. That that was hard to admit that to yourself and then have to admit that to her. Mm-hmm. And so it changes the dynamic of your relationship because it, it makes it so much easier to talk about these other things and respect one another. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it all goes back to what we've been talking about from the beginning of this whole conversation. <laughs> like, you got to figure out where your faith is based. You got to find... You got to understand your foundation, build that foundation, um, and then accept the fact that hard times are going to come. And and when you bring that thought process into your relationship with your spouse, um, I think it makes it that much easier to have a great relationship. So, mm-hmm. just one person's perspective, but that that's it's a pretty hard. fucking solid perspective. Oh, glad you think so. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, I meet people of all walks of life. And I talk sure. to people of all walks Thanks of life. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. So I'm always like to check us out online. Our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. And we encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. America. Especially with guys You can that purchase our sauces that, yeah. that have been cranking because out flip-flops my you know from my mean? grandfather like since the 1960s. Like that. You know what I mean? If you had trouble filling you your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Gear Lights. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Luckily, Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the Flip Flop Guys. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Take that same perspective and learning the process, understanding the process, and analyzing myself while hearing it, and then seeing where my shortcomings are and what I can do to better myself you know, in my personal relationships and, and be a better human in the relationships that I have and that I'm carrying out, right. you know? No, absolutely. I think I would say even in the last five years, I mean, again, this is somebody I've known since I was 14, like even the last five years, as I've become to understand myself better and then have the balls to, to say, Hey, I, I'm realizing this about myself. If you don't already know it, I'm going to tell you, this is, this is what's going on with me. And this is what I'm realizing. I need you to help me continue to have the balance. So this between you and I and these two kids can, can continue to work right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's it's hard, to, it's hard to admit certain things to yourself, much less arguably what should be the most important person in your life. And then both give each other that expectation. But it's easier too. Like once you get that out there, I think as, as in a marriage, it's like, okay, like my wife too, like, you know, like we, we have to, you have to have that respect and it's easier to do if you have the hard conversations and set some expectations and realize, Hey, I need you to help keep me on the path. Cause this is what we're wanting to do as individuals. This is what we're wanting to accomplish as a family. So it's setting those expectations up early. Like even in high school, it's like, she knew mm-hmm. the deal. I'm going to be gone hunting on the weekends. You want to hang out with me? That's, <laughs> this is a big important part of my life. And as silly as that sounds like that communication started very early on yeah. and she would tell me, well, this is how it's going to be for me. Like it's just respect and communication. It's, it's so critical. Yeah. Yeah. So moving forward, (laughs) 
How did you transition out of that? I don't know. <laughs> Let's start talking about candy again. Peak. Peaks. Yeah. We're going to talk about peaks. Cool. So having built the life that you've built and mm-hmm. all the different directions that you've gone, you're now involved with a company called Peaks. Correct. And yep. Peaks is making some pretty awesome thought out products for hunters. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and you guys are really trying to um, put an emphasis on making sure that what you're putting out is reasonable and usable in the field mm-hmm. under any circumstance that we might encounter in the field. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think it's interesting how, let me back up. Let me, th- I want to give a real thoughtful response to this. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how companies continue to show up that quote unquote change the game mm-hmm. um, and help us evolve and think differently about the products we take into the field, why, how they're used, et cetera. Um, Yeti's an obvious one, whether people want to believe it or not, but like we went from $50 coolers to now this lifestyle brand of, and then people are buying $500 cool coolers. That's crazy. Or more. Or more. Yeah. Um, same thing on the apparel side of the hunting industry. Like it's just changed entirely. And so what's interesting, Bryce Bishop is, um, the founder, um, and, uh, owner of peaks equipment here in Bozeman, Montana. I know Bryce through church, um, about four years ago now, he took me to breakfast and he says, Hey, I have this product idea. Um, and at the time I was working for another hunting brand full time. This was before I kind of went out on my own. And he was like, uh, what do you think? And he was talking specifically about trekking poles. And I was like, a trekking pole for hunters. Like I, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know that I get it. <laughs> I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> and so that's how it started. <laughs> and, um, anyways, what's interesting. He was like, you know, this is, this is my issue with it. He's like, he's grown up here. Um, him and his brother have hunted here for 40 plus years. Um, and, uh, a guy that, uh, used to take them out when they were kids, he's probably in his seventies now. His name's JD Clark lives here in town. Awesome. Awesome, man. Um, I've done a lot of stuff at church with him and, and seen his true character and he's just a great guy. Um, super macho guy in his seventies, still going up in these mountains around here and hunting elk yeah. today. Um, but as he's gotten older, he's needed to start using more trekking poles and he calls them sissy sticks. Mm-hmm. And so peaks started out as sissy sticks. Um, because that's what JD always called them. And so that's kind of how the brand started. And that's why in today's line of trekking poles for peaks, they're still called sissy sticks. It's kind of a tribute to where the idea started originally. (laughs) Right. I like it. And so kind of a cool thing. It's not to be against the grain. It's not to, you know, any of that mess. It's just, it was a tribute to JD. He called them sissy sticks. We thought it was funny. Um, the idea started to grow as we started to bring more people in on the business as advisors and um we we're like you know what we should probably rebrand this thing and do more than just trekking poles like there's a need i think in the hunting industry for our consumer audience to have product from companies that are true hunting companies not backpacking companies that are potentially anti-hunting companies but true product developed by hunters. Mm-hmm. And so we're striving to be that for the backcountry hunters. Buy hunters, hunters. Exactly. Buy hunters, for hunters, backcountry hunting. Um, well, that's an interesting for, slogan for too, because I feel like a lot of people try to bank off of buy hunters, for hunters when they're really not. 
right exactly hunters. they're just using it as a marketing ploy for sure exactly and you know we're, we're looking at it totally different um david brinker who i used to work with um is also part of this and uh we're we're looking at it from that lens that we had a lot of success with prior to to working at peaks and um he and i are working on other things outside of just peaks but like i'm telling you right now like of the four companies i'm involved in right now peaks is it's really exciting. Like it's where I'm spending the majority of my time and effort. Um, and that's as somebody who's probably identifies more as a waterfowl hunter. <laughs> um, I love hunting everything, but, um, most people know me for hunting waterfowl, I guess, but, uh, peaks is going to be a special one where we want to own the backcountry hunters camp. So four hunters by hunters. If you were to take your pack and dump everything out, Peaks products is what we want to see. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're excited about the four-year product mix we have coming up. We've we've thought about it that much. It's playing style. We're starting to execute, develop all those things. And yeah, I mean, you've told to... me a couple of them, which we won't mention, but yeah. like you've told me a couple of them. Should be fun. And I really, I really appreciate and enjoy the thought behind what you guys are working on right now. Well, I appreciate that. And it's it's not like we're flipping through an OEM catalog from some company overseas and going, oh, well, we'll just put our brand on this. Like, I want people to understand, like, we're bringing in some some significant, true, authentic, genuine individuals. Ryan Lampers, who is just here with you, is, is one of our main product, you know, testers. Like, And he's a great he's a, fucking guy. I mean, he, he is. He's a great human, first of all, which is the most important thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and he's been through so much as a hunter, mm -hmm. successes, unsuccesses, like all of it. Yeah. He's used so many different products. Like he's walked the he's, line. He's walked he's the line. He's it. a great person to go. This is going to fail. This is yeah. why. And he's a great teacher, even 100%. though he likes to say that he's he's he not is. good at teaching. He is though. He's, he's a great he's teacher. So freaking humble. He doesn't. He is. He doesn't <laughs> he's give a great himself guy. enough credit. Exactly. Um, but you know, we we've got a lot of guys across the country in different. Um, regions that are hunting different species but all mountain hunting related and we're having them test this stuff mm -hmm. um and then making sure that we get it right if it doesn't if it takes more than a year so be it we're not going to put it out there until it's right yeah and so i was having that conversation with someone the other day we're mm -hmm. developing a product together mm -hmm. and um you know i i I couldn't, it, it kind of sounded like they were a little nervous about rushing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hey man, like I'm not trying to do this by spring or by fall. Like if we need to plan out for next spring or further yep. out, like that's totally fine. For sure. I have absolutely no, no worry. It's going to come right. together when it comes together. And I have faith in that. Alone. Exactly. I, you can't, you can't rush it. I've been a part of companies where we rushed product, didn't test it thoroughly and it failed. That blows back negative on the brand. Um, I've also been a part of companies where we had like three years in product development and looked at it and go, that's our production sample. Shoot that thing in the head. It'll never see the light of day. We just mm -hmm. wasted three years of time and money. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to be a successful product company anymore. You have to be willing to do those things. Yeah. It, it may take an extra year or two. Um, well, and I learned that in the, in yeah. the job that I was talking about, mm -hmm. product development, you know? Mm -hmm. There were times when it was like, man, I was like, this is just a great product. Right. And then assess it with more people than just myself and find sure. out the faults, Yeah. you know? And, and like, all right, cool. Like, that was a year of my life. I just spent developing that and coming up with the idea for it and the concept. Right. But it actually doesn't make sense. Like, right. I really like the idea, but when mm -hmm. you actually put pen to paper... 
Yeah. And consumers, it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. Are they ready for it? Does it make sense? If it doesn't, then you got to move on. And so that's that's definitely the approach that we're taking with Peaks. Um, you know, we just launched a headlamp this year, which, you know, is uh, has been doing incredibly well, which mm-hmm. I, at first we were like, oh, it's just a headlamp, but we put a lot of thought into it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's got up to a thousand lumens in its brightest white setting and the lowest red setting, um, which is better for, you know, ungulates because they don't see that color as well. It's it's 40 lumens and, and that lowest setting, you get about 70 hours worth of functional battery And use. it's rechargeable. And it's rechargeable. Yeah. Um, and at the brightest setting, you're gonna about six, eight hours of battery life. And so that's been a fun product to, to see just really take off. Stephen Drake here in town helped us with a lot of the testing and, and did some cool stuff with it. And so as little and simple as it sounds, it's like also one of those, like everyone wants to focus on, well, how good is this jacket or my bow set up? And it's like, those are important things. But on some of these hunts, every little piece of gear you're taking out there is potentially critical. Yeah. And so we, we look at it through that lens um, and we've, we've developed some gaiters, um, which is, Maybe doesn't fit into quite the camp um, setting and, and product direction we're going to go overall. But those gators are freaking bomb proof, man. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad we've we've developed those. And yeah, I think over the next few years, um, if you're a backcountry hunter, and I don't care if you're going on mid Asian ibex hunts to Kyrgyzstan or you know um, out your back door for five, six days, ten days for elk, like we we hope that we're developing product that that benefits you. And and if we can get better tell us like we're not so proud to think that it's perfect like we want to build product that the backcountry hunter needs and if they don't tell us Mm -hmm. we can't get better there was it's it's funny you mentioned the communication between company and customer Mm -hmm. there's a company that came out fairly recently and i'm not going to name any names but they had some products and Mm I ended up buying it and I was really excited about it and sure. you know they have a lot of vision and stuff they want to do in the future mm-hmm. and what blew me away within three weeks of owning it and using the product um, the face of the fabric was not not the seams not mm-hmm. the stitching it was the face of the fabric was coming apart really like peeling and starting to it's just de- deteriorate up. really yeah and that sucks yeah like you know, wow. I'm looking at something that should be, you know, a few years of wear degradation, right? For sure. And it's happening in three weeks. And I that's not good. Set up and I, you know, try to get in contact with the brand and let them know mm-hmm. and you know try to figure out a way to rectify sure. this. And I don't even don't Nothing. even get a response oh, on on multiple different angles of points of contact. Sure. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, like, right? here you are trying to do <laughs> X, yeah. Y, and Z. That can't happen. But you can't even, yeah. you know, that respond, respond to a consumer that's having problems with your product. There's a problem there. There's, I think to be successful anymore, you know, like again, like expectation, um, we're a lean, mean team that's super jacked and excited about what we're doing at peaks to the point to where, I mean, I should be focused on, other things that I'm focused on at times, like when it comes to the social media stuff, when you DM peaks, it's me doing the best I can to respond as fast as I can because mm-hmm. there's only three of us really. And yeah. so, but I will respond at midnight and I've given people my personal cell phone number, like, Hey, call me, call me. I'll fix let's talk this. about it. Or Hey, let's jump yeah. on a, let's do a quick FaceTime. Let me see what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's just 
being a good accountable to your brain. Yeah. Like, Hey, we want you to have a good experience with it. We're, we feel like we've done the testing and we're here to back it up. And if you have a problem, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, and if, if you can't function that way as a company anymore, psh, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. I don't care how good your product is. And if it's not, you know, meeting expectation and you're still not communicating, man, you, you got bigger problems. Mm-hmm. So you better fix it. Yeah. But I, 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 I like how I like that part of the industry and how it's evolving. You know, um, the bar is pretty high to bring a quality product because everyone is expecting premium and just as important as premium service. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to do it mm-hmm. without both. You're, you're dead in the water. Don't even try. Yeah, absolutely. It's been interesting to watch products come and go and oh, yeah. succeed and fail and mm-hmm. you know seeing the full spectrum of everything that that happens sure and it's it's just a wild ride and you never know mm-hmm. exactly you never know exactly it's always fun to watch yeah it's interesting the, the ones that are most interesting is uh the ones that do find success mm-hmm. um and inevitably things change internally this is hard like there's so many harvard case studies on this um and it's been this way for a long time, but they they hit a certain point where once once the culture internally starts to change, all of a sudden it's like, man, what happened? They hit a plateau, and then next thing you know, you look down further. It's like, oh man, they're kind of on the downhill. All these other companies are coming up behind them. It's it's like this. We've seen this cycle happen over and over again, especially in the hunting industry. Um, it always fascinates me, and so I'm hoping like with peaks, like the mentality we go into it with is like, hey you know, learn from experience, right? Um, this is what we've seen. This is what we've lived. Let's avoid it. Yeah. Let's do better. You know, let's be better. Let's be better. Absolutely. Better people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll end it there. Awesome. It's been fun, man. Be better. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be stupid. Be better. Yeah. That's right. Thanks for, Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your life. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Come on down here to the studio and sure. It's been fun. Wrap back and forth. I appreciate it. Absolutely, buddy. This has been great. We'll have to do it again. We will. Definitely. (laughs)